And finally, new rule casting directors have to stop listening to the casting police and go back to doing their job, which is picking the best actor for the role. Now, I mention this because a lot of people lately are either apologizing for or calling on others to apologize for playing roles they call appropriation. James Franco was just chosen to play Fidel Castro, and John Leguizamo posted, no more appropriation, boycott. This fucked up. I don't got a problem with Franco, but he ain't Latino. <clears throat> okay, but John Leguizamo is Colombian-American. He ain't a Venetian, but he played one. <laughs> he ain't a French little person. Or an Italian plumber, but he played them too, because he's... <laughs> because he's an actor. Why the hell do you think people become actors? Because they want to spend their life not being who they are. Hello, hello, and welcome to Killer Casting. I am Lisa Zambetti. I am a casting director in Los Angeles. I cast for television, film, video games, commercials. And I'm here to talk to you about, usually what we do on my show is I talk about the shows that I'm binging, the shows that I'm obsessed with and how I want to break down the casting and the acting and the directing and all that. But every once in a while, a subject comes up that is about a bigger picture than that, something that I want to talk about. And recently there's been some casting news that has gotten a lot of attention, uh, maybe for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> We're going to discuss that, but it's really encouraged a lot of discussion. And I think that's a really good thing. And of course, I'm talking about that recently, Dr. James Franco was cast in an independent film called Alina of Cuba. And this is a film that follows the true life story of Alina Fernandez, who was Fidel Castro's daughter. Franco has been cast to play Fidel Castro. What's interesting here is that there's been a reaction to this casting represented by comments by the amazing John Leguizamo. And then on top of that, there's been a reaction to the reaction, kind of a backlash to the reaction represented by comments spoken by Bill Maher on his show, Real Time with Bill Maher. And I had so many people reach out to me privately to ask me my thoughts and people tagging me in Bill Maher's video um, his rant. And so I wanted to talk about it. And I, quite frankly, I'm struggling with my feelings about it and some of the biases I have about authenticity and representation and casting. And I wanted to talk about it with people with bigger and more beautiful brains than mine. And so I brought on two extraordinary women in my industry, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Carla, why don't you start? Yeah. Hi, I'm Carla Hool, casting director. I started my career in Mexico. I'm Mexican. I was born in Me and raised in Mexico. And eventually I moved to Hollywood uh, 15 years ago, more or less. And since then, I've kind of witnessed uh, all this movement and all the change and di diversity. It's, it's, it's changed a lot from when I moved here to, to now. There's still a lot of work to be done, of course. I do projects that are diversity in Latinx 
And you've probably out there, my listeners, you've probably seen some of Carla's amazing work. She's cast Narcos. She's cast Selena, the, the series. I mean, I could go on and on and on. So this extraordinary casting director really understands what she's talking about when she talks about authenticity and diversity. And we're going to get into that. But also joining me is Elaine DelVal. Hello, Elaine. Please introduce yeah. yourself. Sure. Hi, my name is Elaine Del Valle. I'm a CSA casting director. I began my career as an actor and um, I became so frustrated at the lack of opportunities that were available for Latinas that I began writing. And through the writing, I actually was offered a job in casting. So now I've been casting for about 11 years. I continue to pursue my career in every other direction, including directing. I recently won the South by Southwest Audience Award for my latest film. I'm a Warner Media 150 artist, and um, I guess in casting, I do lots of commercials, and I'm also the um, the casting director for a series called Alma's Way for PBS Kids, which is set in New York and is based on a young Puerto Rican family and their multicultural neighbors. So authenticity and casting for that particular project has been very important to the team. So I just want to start by saying we are not here to throw shade on any other casting director's work, right? So this Alina of Cuba was cast by Juan Pablo Rincon. The auspices of this project are very interesting because it's an Oscar-nominated writer, Jose Rivera, and the Pulitzer Prize winner, Nilo Cruz, have penned the screenplay. This is an indie film, and indie films are so hard to get off the ground to begin with. You know, we would never want to throw shade on, on these projects. I mean, I've worked on so many independent films, and... And the casting is so important because you have a very limited budget. You're trying to maybe cast one or two of the roles with someone kind of namey, kind of fancy that will actually help you sell the film afterwards. And I'm sure that that was probably the case here. Um, but there's a little bit of tone deafness of some of what some of the producers have said in defense of casting. James Franco, who of course is white and he's not, he's not Cuban. He's not Latin. He's not Hispanic. He's not Caribbean. You know, there are many things that he is not. So of course that's, that's getting a lot of criticism from, from those communities. I just, am wondering, Carla, when you first heard the story of this casting, what, just, what was your first thought? What, what kind of went through your mind? If you can remember. Well, when I did, when I saw the announcement, I was like, I can't believe this is still happening. I was like, wow, really? It was a little bit of a shock. But then I did see where the movie was being made. And like you said, the casting director, I know him very well. He's from Colombia. They don't, in, in Latin America, they don't see the fight that we're fighting here. And this I can say because my, my brother is producer in Mexico. And we had this discussion. He was like, well, no, all actors can play anything, but they don't understand the movement that we're having here in the U.S. right now when it comes to, to diversity and fighting for representation because we haven't had it. That doesn't happen in Latin America, right? Because they're all Latin American and they, they get cast all the time. So it's a different fight. <laughs> well, right? it is, it's shooting in Colombia, but this is an Austin, Texas-based 
independent film company, Mankind Entertainment. So this yeah. is this is an American film with American producers. But uh, the but- casting director is from Colombia. My first thought was like, okay, I'm sure they needed a name. Mm-hmm. And that's why he was cast. And that's one of the biggest problems we have in casting Latinx actors is that when, you know, especially this small independent films, when they come to you and they're like, okay, I need a list of name actors for these roles. How many do we really have? Well, I, oh, you and I can, can in five seconds, Carla and Elaine, we can think of a million. Andy Garcia, Yul Vasquez, Stephen Bauer, Wallace Barza, Bruno Bashir, Damien Bashir, Javier Bardem, Wagner Mora, Benicio Del Toro, Nestor Carbonell. I, we could go on and on yeah, and on and on. Be, well, yeah, yes. Before the concentric circles of actors before you get to a white kid from Palo Alto, which no shade on James Franco at all for his skills, but you know what I mean? I know you know what I mean. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. The thing is, how many real, how many big names that will finance a movie mm. do we really have? Not many. And, and that's one fight that we're having to fight, which is actually making that list grow, bringing in more, introducing more Latinx actors so they become names, give them more opportunity so they grow and they become names. Because really big, big names, Damian Bichir, Javier Bardem, Gael, Garcia Bernal, Pedro Pascal, you know, Oscar, Mm -hmm. Isaac, that finance movies, um, Antonio Banderas, right? Sure. And Tom Hayek and Penelope Cruz. But we don't really have that many. Well, really finance a movie. I think that's what happened with that project, but it doesn't excuse it because I think I think nowadays we really we really can't do that anymore. Elaine. We really can't do that anymore because yeah, why not go with try to go with one of these Latinx actors? Yeah, I I totally understand and and have been there. What Carla is saying is that you co- you go. I have an independent uh, project right now, an independent feature film, and uh, meeting with some amazing producers. And the first thing that they say to me is, "Okay, who can we get that's a name in front of this?" And there's very little. There are very few people that can actually make their formula work. I have I have a producer that offered me a script and said, I, I'm getting a name in front of this. This is the formula. They don't care about the independent of anything. They care about selling the movie, pre-selling the movie, making their money back. And that's what they care about. And certain names do it. And that's all there is to it. Even as a even as a um as as someone as a creator who creates decks, just creating a lookbook deck. Every artist does it. They go on shot deck to get decks done and and use images that help tell their story before they filmed it. Even finding Latinx representation on something as simple as shot deck is absolutely impossible to tell one cohesive story without using, I have to use Jenna Ortega to represent every Latina young actress. Mm. And that's it. Nobody else. Nobody else can sell that movie. So in that case, I mean, I totally see what Carla is saying and I understand it all too well, unfortunately. However, you know, it's true. (laughs) It's very tone deaf. It's wonderful that a a news commentator comic can um, come from this place that you can't even... He can't understand what it's like to not be represented mm-hmm. in entertainment. 
He cannot come from a place of witnessing and feeling the symbolic annihilation of Latinos in our entertainment. So I can't expect that from him. And, uh, you know, that's what we're talking about today. So so I just, very sad circumstance. Meanwhile, Lin-Manuel Miranda puts a bunch of Latinos in his thing and he gets criticized immediately. J-Lo has a wonderful documentary. I cried for the, the latter 50% of her documentary on Netflix. And the only thing I heard about was how J-Lo and uh, Gloria Stefan were at odds. Mm. That was insane. It was insane. But I, I feel like it's almost cultivated by the media. I was just going to say, I think what Bill Maher was talking about has nothing to do with our fight and diversity and representation. Mm-hmm. It's The debate is not whether an actor can play anything. Right. Or that they're actors exactly. and that's what they do, right? They play any role that it's not them. You know, they can play and they transform. Yes, that is not a question. That's what actors do. But the problem here is not that. The problem here is representation. And the fact that Latinos have not been given the opportunity to play all of these roles. Therefore, we have a problem like not having enough name actors that are Latino to finance a movie because they haven't been opportunities for them to grow and become name actors. I think that that is the debate right there. The lack of representation, the very, the lack of representation in everything. I mean, still you see all the, all the awards, everything. Where are the Latinos? Nowhere. (laughs) They're, I mean, you know, they're not there. Right. And the numbers are there to prove it over and over again. We're over 18% of the population. We're 7.1% of the directors, 7.1% of the cast. We're 5.1% of the writers. I mean, the numbers just, they're there. And the fact that we're consistently underrepresented, especially as it, as it pertains to our actual population is really what the, what the rub is. Yeah. And also that we've been represented. I mean, the, the roles they've given Latinos have always been a stereotype. It's changing. It's starting mm-hmm. to change. You are now seeing like whole shows of Latinos, but then what happens? One season and they're canceled. Two seasons and mo- most and they're canceled. And it's like, and the financing for these shows are, is ridiculous. There's no budget for the Latino show. Why? That's the thing. Sorry. You, you both bring up so many things. It's like my brain. I'm very passionate about it. I love it. No, please. I'm frustrated with, you, with everything that happens, you know? No, you should be. You should be. And this is why I, I feel it's so unfair when John Leguizamo, you know, he speaks his truth about this casting, right? He says very specifically, nothing against Franco, but what the fuck, you know? And he's immediately shut down. And I think the writers on Bill Maher's show are incredibly talented, but they, I think they really got this rant really wrong. And I think they conflated a whole bunch of things that don't have anything to do with this particular casting. We're going to get into that. But something you said, Elaine, about casting name actors to sell the movie. But my question is sometimes, who is it that is going to come see this movie with Franco in this role other than to see it and go, can't, I mean, I just feel like what are the eyeballs that they want to attract? Do they want to attract, you know, the Latino community to come see this film? Then why would you put him and not Andy Garcia, you know, well, or not- I think all they want to attract is a presale. 
they're not worried about an audience because they know that his name is going to get something. So I think like that was a financial decision moving into it. And in my opinion, that was a financial decision. And I don't think that they, I don't, I don't see how they could not have thought that this was going to be coming quite frankly, like this, all this backlash and talk about it. And then I'm saying to myself, there is no such thing as bad publicity, publicity, but true. Yeah. I I don't want to see that movie. (laughs) I don't want to see it. I don't know anyone that does want to see it, quite frankly. But especially for this particular role, for this particular iconic personality, um, that's to me what seems to be so offensive and I can't I can't speak to the Cuban experience at all but it seems like this role has such an identity to it that is all about being Latino being Caribbean being Hispanic starting by the fact that it's a real person so when it's a real person casting yeah. you have to be absolutely authentic there's no way out you have to I mean you know, maybe if it's it's a fictional character, you can maybe get away with casting something different if it's written Latino and then maybe, you know, and then they can rewrite. But this is a real person, a, a real character. They can't. It's like if you cast, a, you, you're not going to see a Latino cast as um, Abraham Lincoln, right? Well, although this is what Bill Maher's point is, right? This is the big point that he makes. About Marilyn Monroe about- and Adamus has been yes. cast as Marilyn Monroe and he makes a big joke Bill Maher in his in his rant that that you know what if Anna played Fidel and then James Franco could play Mar- Marilyn Monroe and my response to that is you know I think it might be good for James Franco to step into the shoes of a woman who was so often the victim of the power dynamics in Hollywood you know it, it might be good for him just as an as a person as an actor to step into the shoes of someone who was so repeatedly sexually abused assaulted and exploited but this is not the experiment that we're trying to have we're trying to cast somebody who is believable uh, in the role of Fidel Castro. And and why not have Anna, who is a cisgendered woman, beautiful, sexy, step into that role? I don't have a problem with that, even though she's not American. Well, like Wisamo said, because also he was criticized because he played a Venetian and because he played, he played the, the you know, in Moulin Rouge, the, the, the role he had in Moulin Rouge, right? Mm-hmm. And he said himself, I am the exception. That doesn't happen. How many Latinos do you see playing other roles, other ethnicities? It's very, very rare. Yes. But that right? part of Bill Maher's rant where he says, okay, John Luizamo is a Colombian American, but he ain't Venetian and he played exactly. one. Exactly. But, but what he's talking about is John played Tybalt in Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet, which is Shakespeare, which nobody, no Italian was in Elizabethan England when that play was written playing Romeo and Juliet. In fact, no women were playing Juliet. Yeah. No women were playing Lady Capulet or the nurse. They're all played right. by men in Elizabethan, Jacobian and Carolinian England. So how many Danish actors have been cast to play Hamlet? No, that's that's so that's a really false equivalency. But it's like it's a funny joke, right? It's a it's a funny cheap shot. It's joke. a funny cheap shot that quite frankly people did like send it to me. Mm-hmm. As if I should agree. Right. That's what's really sad about it. That someone right. that I love said, oh, look at this. Don't you agree now? 
you you just can't see what my fight is and yeah. it's fine i i, I can't ex- expect you to do all i can do is my part in everything that i do i, I can't force his opinion right I, I really think that it was really tone deaf and, and insensitive but here's my question to you both for me, and this is something that I'm struggling with. So I can feel very uncomfortable uncomfortable about James Franco playing Fidel Castro, where on the other side, I cheered at his role in Milk, right? I cheered for Sean Penn winning the Oscar in Milk. That film was so important to me. And I, how do I, how do I square that? Why, why is it okay with me and, and casting against ethnicity or tie or race, you know, is bothering me, but casting for sexuality, sexual orientation, even gender orientation isn't bothering me when somebody, when it is a stretch, when, when it's not the actor's real experience or real background. I mean, that's something that I'm really asking myself. And it's a very good, it's a valid point that you bring up because we know Sean Penn is this amazing character actor. And I wonder what the what the gay community thought of it. I wonder what they said about it or if they were embracing of it. Well, I can tell you, Billy Porter doesn't like it. <laughs> Billy Porter, who very rightly has okay. said, why do we give straight actors Oscars for playing gay when we don't give a gay actor the same Oscar for the same performance? And I think for me, as far as Harvey Milk, because I'm from the San Francisco Bay Area and he was just such an icon, to see an actor of Sean Penn's status playing Harvey Milk was such a, it it just was so uplifting to see Harvey's story given somebody of that status play him and then to be, to win the Oscar and the beautiful script by Dustin Lance Black. I mean, that was just, it just lifted your heart. I don't think it's the same kind of a role. It's not the same kind of a fight. I don't think it's the same kind of a fight. I think it would go the other way as well gay actors want to be able to play straight roles. So straight actors should be also able to play gay roles. It goes both ways, Mm -hmm. I think. And when it comes to ethnicity, when it comes to Latinos, it's just the lack of representation. And yes, also also LGBTQ actors haven't been given the opportunity and they have their own fight. It is different. It is a question. I don't know yeah. how you, you make a difference between one thing of the or the other. It's two different fights. Right, right, right. It's two very different fights. In Bill Maher's rant, he also talks about a Black actor playing George Washington in Hamilton. Making us feel our common humanity beyond separate identities. A Black George Washington in Hamilton, of course. But Ryan Gosling as Frederick Douglass? Yes, that would be problematic. Now, again, I mean, this is really, uh, this is such a different conversation because conceptually the, the casting of that show in itself was a statement, right? It's a statement about what do, the immigrants of 1776 looked one way and the immigrants today look another Right. And one of the funniest lines in Hamilton is immigrants, we get the job done. And it's such a great line and it has even better potency because of the casting. And, you know, the fact that Lin-Manuel was writing a rap score and he's thinking of the best rappers who can be in that cast. So, you know, it's just such an interesting conversation. And once your mind goes down the rabbit hole, it's it's very complicated and nuanced. 
in a way that I don't think uh, Bill Maher's writers appreciated when they wrote that rant for him. Um, what other thoughts do you have? I mean, I think I think what we're fighting for is representation. It has become a little bit extreme at times, you know, like 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 you were saying, um, you know, why a straight actor shouldn't play a gay role. I think they should be able to play a gay role, and and I I think gay actors should be able to play straight roles. Um, but it it is it is a fight of you know being represented and being given opportunities. So that's mostly mm-hmm. it. Being given giving opportunities to to all the different communities to represent their own characters, right? Right. When we were casting Reservation Dogs, I don't know if you've watched that um, TV show on FX Hulu. But, yeah, it's um, wonderful. Mm-hmm. Angelique Midthunder. Um, and I went to Oklahoma and drove all around the state doing open calls with our showrunner, Sterling Harjo. And I mean, it was a non-starter that this show about four indigenous teenagers, there is no way that we were not going to cast indigenous teenagers. I mean, I think the show would just not have been made. Um, and But, you know, you start out with a very focused pool. You know, it was very important to Sterling that we tried to cast real Oklahoma indigenous kids. And then of course you have to widen that pool, right? Even though as we're, as we're doing open calls and we're having callbacks and we're testing these kids, we're still, you know, seeing, seeing people from every state, from first nations in Canada, you know, we're doing a huge, huge search and to see how far we, you know, how far do we have to go to keep it authentic? to try to, to be true to the story. And, and it turned out that we were able to cast one series regular from Oklahoma and the other three are from Canada, but we tried. And, and I think it turned, the casting turned out amazing. And there is a lot of opportunity in that show for all these other indigenous kids that didn't get cast, you know, they can still be a part of it. And I don't know the process that Alina of Cuba went through, but I would hope that they at least tried, at least tried to find, you know. I maybe- wonder what, did you ask the casting director? Did you ask Rincon, like, did he say, is there any, uh, you hear from the producers, sure. you hear from from, Ruel, from the one, from Alina herself, mm-hmm. um, you hear from them, their support for James Franco. I just wonder what the casting director has to say in the due diligence. And look, I know just like you guys, I go through my due diligence all the time. And if you think about SAG and their rules, you cannot, it's, it's, it's not, well, never mind SAG. It's, it's, it's illegal to ask somebody their, you know, where they come from. That's right. That's considered a, a um, discriminatory practice. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, we as casting directors, I think have to, you know, walk this fine line where we want authenticity for the role, but at the same time, we can't demand it in order to allow for an audition. I I remember recently I I had to find a six to eight-year-old black male with autism. Like, (laughs) do you know how hard that is to cast? And um, I ended up finding 35 of them 
that were really good options. And that's because I went all across the country. I did, um, I did paid ads on social media beyond like just the agents and the managers that most casting directors, you know, stop at. And for Alma's way, I go into the community. I go to restaurants that might have those kids. You know, I mean, we cast characters that are so specific for that show. So, and, and I'm looking for that. But at the end of the day, I'm hearing a lot of voices. And then, you know, most of the time, the authentic voice actually gets it. But, you know, I don't, I don't just say like, okay, well, I throw in the towel. This person is not to be found. We have to do what we can to find them. So I can appreciate how hard it is to find what they're looking for. And I wonder if certain parts could not be rewritten to beef up somebody else in a name status that could help the movie be sold and allow the the um, Fidel Castro character to be played authentically by by someone who's Cuban. Yeah, that's what I always look for, the, the role where we could put that name actor and 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 keep it authentic. I don't think I don't think Juan Pablo was actually the one who cast uh James Franco. It must have been producers. I mean, knowing how it works down there and knowing Juan Pablo, I don't think he was the one who cast James Franco. I think that came from producers. The other thing is trying what you were saying, Lisa, that that you at least need to try to be as authentic and you can't always find, you can't always stick to you know, like you said, we only found one role, but the rest had to come from Canada. You, you, you try and you try and little by little adding these actors is going to start giving more actors opportunities to have experience and the, and the, the art and the craft, you know, of acting, because that's what we're lacking. That's what, what we're lacking. Yes, right. you, you definitely have to grow that pool from the ground yeah, up. Exactly, yeah. exactly. That's why it's hard to cast authentic sometimes. It's not as e- it's not easy at all. And that's and, why I love making movies. That's why I love writing scripts and directing them and casting them and producing them and casting them for other Latino independent producers because we understand the value that we're giving. And that's why a lot of the actors that, that I work with on independent films, I feel that they understand the value of the story to our community. And that's why they choose to get involved. It's, it's, it, can, it can be easier than you anticipate to get somebody, a really high, highly respected actor to work with you on a low budget film because they, because they understand the value of, of the story trying to be told. I think another thing that is important is, is as a casting director, you need to know what you're casting. And I think that's sometimes has been the problem when it comes to Latinx casting, where, you know, sometimes you find castings that, you know, they cast like a Puerto Rican to play a Mexican and they're speaking Puerto Rican and it's like just horrible. I think with with any casting director, you need to do the job of really know, because yes, like, uh, you know, like, like Elaine was saying, we can't ask where they're from. But mm-hmm. for example, I was born in Mexico, so I can hear the different accents. Sure. So right. I see how people look. People in Cuba have a specific Caribbean people look different than Mexican people, than people from Peru. So you have to have that knowledge of what you're casting to be able to do it authentically and hear the accents. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you, you don't you don't cast a, an Irish actor to play an American speaking Irish, right? right. Because right. you know you can hear the accent. So I think that's another thing. That's that's another thing. The the knowledge of what and respect 
of that authenticity mm. of what you're casting, whatever it is, whether it's, you know, Native American actors or Asian actors or Latinx actors. But it is hard because the pools of these individual communities are small. I mean, look at Javier Bardem. He re- that casting received a lot of criticism for playing Ricky Ricardo because he's not Cuban, you know? So it's, it's, it's hard. It is so hard. Um, but all you can do is try to be, have as conscientious casting as possible um, and give people opportunities like you were saying. I know on, um, you know, I worked for CBS for a very long time on Criminal Minds and they're so devoted to diversity and giving opportunities to every kind of person. Every year we would have a diversity training where every casting director working for CBS, we would come together, we'd have all these presentations about our own internal biases, our own things that we don't even see that that we're biased against and making sure that that we are casting, you know, enough women in power positions, right? The doctor the doctors we're casting can be women and and every kind of ethnicity and and it it just takes a lot of thinking about it and being in a room with your producers who are who aren't comfortable sometimes. Like, oh well, well, I saw that sheriff as being a guy, and this is taking place in Utah, and there aren't any black people in Utah. And I, you know, I go online because I'm so cheeky and I'm like, see, see, look, this is the real police department in the <laughs> real town. See that person there? He's black, you know. So sometimes it's you kind of have to push back a little bit to yeah. to to get that kind of inclusivity. Um, but CBS was so great about supporting us with resources to be able to find, you know, disabled actors and trans actors and just every kind of group that needs this, this representation. Um, but you just reminded me, Elaine, that I, I did a little film for Netflix where I had to find an African-American little boy with Down syndrome. And there just were not enough in LA, you know, and I too had to open up my search. And it's like, of course there aren't enough because if they're not seeing themselves represented, so you have to keep having this fight to increase these communities. To see, if they can see it, then they can be it. And if they don't see it, then they don't know that they're welcome into the pool. And then we can't tell their stories authentically. So the lack of opportunity for those communities, the lack of opportunities to study and prepare themselves. And we're also not, you know, I come from a very poor background. I grew up in the welfare projects in Brooklyn. We weren't encouraged toward those careers mm-hmm. where, you know, kids around where I live now, I, they're always like, oh, you could do whatever you want. And that's not something that, that was a part of my community mm-hmm. uh, growing up. So I, I make a concerted effort to make sure that I bring that sort of um, arts and learning and appreciation of arts Two com- two communities that are that are Latinx from all over. So that's you know we can only do what what we can personally do. We can't um, we can't change other people's minds through just having our opinions. Um, that's why I like to tell stories that that help to promote empathy. Absolutely. And just one more thing that Bill Maher was saying in his rant. You know, he was really calling out that we need to have more empathy, putting yourself in someone else's place so you can understand that them better. And and I agree with that, you know, and it's always great when an actor can do that to stretch, but, but there's, there's more than that. It's, 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 it, there's, there's more responsibility to telling somebody's story than how much empathy 
an actor can have to play a different role. It's, it's, it's not about the actor in this sense. It's about us. It's about, do we believe that this person is Fidel Castro or am I constantly looking like, Oh, they did a really good job making his jawline. Look, you know, am I so distracted by the casting that I can't even hear Alina's story? I, I think that happens a lot. I, I see it all the time and stuff, especially when it comes to Latinos and and what Carla was saying before, where sometimes you're casting, um, you know, Puerto Ricans as Cubans, as Mexicans. And, and we hear it immediately as as actors. And I still act like um, I'll tell you, I just did the um, the resident. Right. And the resident I just got a tape from you, I think. Oh, God. <laughs> Carla. I saw you. I was like, "Oh, I know you." I was in a hotel room. I was in a hotel room, and I don't, I don't know that I feel right for that character. Quite frankly, you know, it took me second round of of pushing for me to get 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 that tape to you. Um, but uh, but I, I was just in the resident, right? And the storyline was an Asian immigrant family and a Latinx immigrant family they get into an accident with their children, have an accident together or something like that. Anyway, the, the two people, the two Latinos that were hired to play the part were myself and Gary Perez, another Puerto Rican actor. Gary and I were talking about the Spanish that was being used. And we were like, you know, let's do it like this. Cause they kept changing the Spanish. And Gary said, what's the, what's the difference if we, if we just say to the writer, like, can we just be Puerto Rican? And I said, no, we cannot say that because the whole storyline is about one immigrant family and another immigrant family. Puerto Ricans don't have that same dynamic. It's not the same thing. They, they, we're already American citizens. So it can't be that. So I understood the storyline for that. And I was like, we could be anything. They changed us from like Argentinian to Colombian to Spanish to Brazilian. It was, they changed us so many times, but it was because of that. Like, but, but it mattered. Mm -hmm. That part of it mattered. And um, yeah, it's really difficult. Look, I'm a Puerto Rican woman. I've been an actress for over 30 years now. And it's really difficult for, to find roles that are written for a Puerto Rican actress. And I, and sometimes I get like, an, I get an amazing role. Great role, fantastic lines, and it's like a Mexican in New Mexico in a Clint Eastwood movie. And I say to my manager and my agent, like, I don't want to even try. I like the lines, but I feel like they're going to cast authentically. Why am I wasting my time? I don't want to waste my time. I can't, you know, I feel like I'm wasting my time. And, and that is how I feel about these things, because I know how important authenticity is. And yeah, I can I can play it, but... Am I going to play it? Am I going to be accepted by my community, mm. by the community that it's trying to reach out to? And I feel very much like in this case, the answer would probably be no. And well, so I think that, sorry, sorry, I think that's, that's, that's where we're, you know, it's a fine line because, because we're talking about Latinos being able to play other Latinos, right? Um, and I think... Yes, you want to try to stick to the authenticity, but I, if if you're Puerto Rican and you can play a Mexican, you can speak a Mexican accent. You should be able to also be considered for the role. You know what I mean? I agree with that. As Carla, long as you can, as long as you can look and sound right, you know, like a 
British guy playing an American, a British actor playing an American. Yes, they can do it, but they're speaking it with an American accent, right? So if a Puerto Rican can do a Mexican accent and can look, does look like a Mexican, I mean, could be Mexican, uh, why not? It really depends on the importance of the role as to why not. I really, yes, of course, I really every, every that- project is different. Uh, and I am like this project where the, we're talking about it's, it's cute. It's Cubans from Hylia, yeah. right? Uh-huh. And I'm trying to, I was wondering if you, if you've read, um, if you, if you've had the, um, opportunity to read Carmen Baleas, who's a, who's a terrific actress, Cuban in Miami. And I was like, why isn't she reading for that? Yeah. You know, she's the right age. She's super funny. Oh, no, I'm, I'm reading. Again. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm reading a bunch of people, but the thing is I want to ideally cast everyone Cuban American. Of course. Okay. I agree. Right. <laughs> I would be trying to as well. <laughs> that specific role is actually not Cuban. That specific role is, can be anything. Colombian can be anything. Well, that's awesome. That's, yeah. That's that, the that at least was in it, but you should know, like there was enough, there was an agent that reached out and said, we're looking for anybody who's at least a quarter Cuban. There was an agent, not the one who submitted wow. me, but I'm just letting you know, and I, I won't say who, I won't throw them under the bus, but these are things that are happening. And it's always our own community is like super hard on ourselves. Well, yeah, they're, we're the first terrorists, you know. To tear us down, yeah. And, and, and we allow other people to pit us against one another, or not allow, but it just happens over and over again. And it's just—I mean, that's a whole different—that's a whole different can of worms, <laughs> right there. <laughs> right, right, right there right. is a whole different. And I, thing. I'm glad that you said that about that character because, uh, and I'll say, like, I work with a lot of independent Latino artists, directors, and writers, producers, and I'm most—I'm often supporting their work by casting and producing for them. And I remember that there was one um, one such film that with three main characters. Um, a guy who was like in love with, the, who was a painter, who was in love with this girl who was a model and then uh, her abusive boyfriend. So we um, we had cast her abusive boyfriend with a wonderful Latino actor. And the idea was that we were going to try to find, that we were aiming at Latino actors for both these other roles. But I wanted to see everyone. It was not a specific, it wasn't specific that they had to be Latino. Uh, it's just what we aimed for as Latino filmmakers. Um, anyway, long story short, the um, the female and the male, the other two people, not the abusive boyfriend, we found terrific actors who were not Latino. The best actors for the roles that really embodied the characteristics that that needed to tell that were needed to tell this story were not Latino, even though they looked Latino. They could be construed as Latino. And uh, and I said to the director, I said, listen, uh, I know that you already got that. Latino actor that we both love, but knowing that our other cast is going to be white, should we have a Latino actor play the abusive boyfriend? Exactly. Or huge question. Yes. Have, and he said, Well, I love that actor. I said, I love that actor too. Don't answer me now. It's your film. You make the decision, but I just want you to think about it and make a decision based on, you know, your pondering the the statement that I just made because you know we have to be responsible for what we show and um 
And uh, in the end, he ended up recasting that actor. And I was really happy about it gets that. So, so complicated. Do you guys know Felix Alcala? He's a wonderful television director. He's been around for a bazillion years. And I worked on many episodes that he directed. And he's like, look, I am not going to cast a Latino as the killer. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, I am not going to cast Latino as the drug dealer or the rapist or anything well, negative. I, and I And I understand that. But I also, I would love to give this actor a job. The too. problem, I think, so. I think right now everything is so has become so extreme, mm. you know, where where because we're looking for change, for change, mm. uh, we've become too too extreme. Because yeah, once Latinos have the ability to play any kind of roles, and you see them in all kinds of roles, it's going to be okay if a Latino plays sure. a killer. Because it's not that they always get cast as the killer or the gang member or the gardener or the cook. That's yeah, the problem, I mean, right? I'm because a- it's been so stereotyped and they haven't been given opportunities to play every other role that casting them again in that stereotype role, it's like, no. But well, until that happens and representation, real representation happens and equality and every every everyone can play everything, then, you know, things will be different and, and, right. and things will shift back into not such extreme, um, measures in the sense that it will be okay if a, if a non-gay actor plays a gay role and mm-hmm. vice versa. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I think. And to that same note, you know, speaking about my films personally, or, or, some other films that I've cast that have a, that have had a prim, primarily a Latino cast or an ethnic cast, then everybody plays all kinds of roles. I'm, my Brownsville Bread that just won the South by Southwest Audience Award, it's my true coming of age story. My father was an addict that died of AIDS. A Latino has to play that, you know, but there's also, um, it's also a story of promise for for the daughter and for the rest of the family. So it's not that I'm not going to cast a Latino as like that person. I'm going to cast them authentically to my experience. I'm just going to take responsibility when I'm telling other stories to make sure that I'm not saying something that I that I don't want to be um, adding to a stereotype that we've already been landed on by others. I think it's important for us to tell our stories. Well, I agree. And on that note, I want to thank you, beautiful, brilliant women for joining me for this discussion to help me unpack my own biases and my own brain. Um, We want to wish Alina of Cuba all the best. Mm -hmm. As supporters of independent film, please go with God, make a great movie. I'll, I don't know. I'll see it. Why not? You know, I'll see it and see, see what it, what it, what it all came down to, right? What, what happened? Uh, we want to support independent filmmakers 100%, but we also want to support conscious casting. This is not about being woke. It's not about being politically correct. It's just thinking, thinking and honoring and respecting the writing, the writers and, and the and these roles in the story um, that can have such huge impacts on the audience. Um, any last thoughts 
my beautiful Carla, my beautiful Elaine, anything else to share? That's exactly what you just said at the end there, the impact to audience. I think that we need to really look at the impact for audience. And, and, and I'll say it again, symbolic annihilation of the Latinos in entertainment is absolutely real. And what it signifies is that if you do not see yourself in the media that you consume, that you must not be important. And if you're not important to yourself, then how can you be important to others? Mm -hmm. So how can we expect someone else to understand that? Mm -hmm. They can. Right. Well said. Well said. All right, ladies, I'm going to sign off for now. This is Killer Casting. Thank you so much for joining us. <laughs>